Live from the Brown O'Haver Studios, it's time for The Plank Show with Josh Helmer and Sooner Sideline reporter Chris Plank. to stand with you and before you today uh, as, as your next head football coach here at Oklahoma. Uh, again, one of the winningest and storied tradition-rich programs in the history of college football. Now, taking uh, the lead and, and, uh, and also taking it through one of the biggest transition in the history of college football, taking Oklahoma from the Big 12 to the SEC, you've got your guy to take you on this journey. And with that, Brent Venables took care of one of the biggest questions that everyone had. Hey, your thoughts going to the SEC? How's it going to be? He had a home run. He had a home run yesterday. We're going to talk about it on the Plank Show today. And as always, making sure this is right for you, Coach, we're joined to kick off our Tuesday by someone else who is ready to take OU to the SEC, KJ Kindler. (laughs) What's going on, Coach? Good morning. How about that yesterday? Did you get to follow any of it? Were you over there? I know you're you're, – it's such a wild time because we're in the process of naming now Brent Venables as a new football coach, but you're also left-lane hammer down towards the start of your season as well. Yeah, it's been crazy. But, you know, uh, when I first got here, he was here, and um, certainly – think it's an awesome move on our part <laughs> what uh, you know it's interesting because I, again we got a season we're going to talk about it sure but how much does change and there's the unknown of when obviously we're ratcheted up in competition and just about every single sport but for you is it just hey the continued push for facilities and more staff is that kind of where we are when you think about the future and the the move to the sec yeah i think that those two things like you mentioned those are Paramount. I mean, facilities improvement, staff improvement, definitely, um, you know, for us personally, I think I've mentioned attendance and things like that that really have to ramp up mm-hmm. um, when going to this move. I, I would anticipate that is similar for basketball, too, you know, ramping up that attendance, moving into the SEC, you know, possibly having a, a chance to dominate in that conference in that sport. Friday. Friday's a big day. Is we it? Have, uh, I mean, <laughs> at least it is in my household right now. Um, oh, good. Yeah, my daughter's fired up, um, and I'm sure a lot of people are too because we kind of get our first chance to lay eyes on these young ladies. Yeah, it's it's kind of your first chance to kind of see where we're at. Um, you know, certainly we're as ready as we can be. <laughs> I was telling them out there, we've, we've had like, a, you know, respiratory things, of course, all of the sudden, right as we're moving oh toward gosh. this first moment. And some people like missing several practice. That just doesn't happen in our sport. And it's hard to recover in time. So a couple people might be on the outs on Friday. It's so, <laughs> it's so wild. And it's, and it's funny that you bring that up because I don't want, you know, obviously there's still the battle with COVID, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's ongoing. And hopefully the, Omicron, Omicron variant doesn't become as big of an issue as as Delta variant did. But there's still other illnesses out there. And I know sometimes people forget about that. I'm not making it political, not taking a shot, make that very clear. I'm just saying. And we forget the flu sucks. Yeah. Having a respiratory issue is terrible. And this is groups, women's gymnastics, men's gymnastics, football, that work very closely together. And so if one person gets it, in a lot of their minds, it's like, I'm going to grind through it. But when you grind through it, coach, 
thing can spread like crazy. Yeah. Um, I think I had a both. I think I had the flu and I think I had the respiratory issue. And they both suck. And some people just say, oh, it wasn't COVID. Yes, but it's still terrible and it yeah. can bring a team down. Oh, totally. We yeah. actually um, haven't had any issue with COVID this fall at all. And um, and not oh, because man. we weren't testing. We were right. testing because, you know, when people get sick, we, we check it all. But at this point right now, we're just really um, – trying to get those uh, people healthy. And it ta- it's taking them out for seven days. It's insane. But, you know, hopefully it's we're hitting right. it all now. Get, get it on now. So yeah, bring d- it on. Josh, well, and it's funny that you bring this up. Not to, Here's how sick I was. You know, I feel like I'm my grandpa now. I go. I'd, <laughs> you're like the grandparents in Christmas vacation where they show up. It's like, well, I have a mole, and, you know, they're fighting about how sick they are. But, Josh, it waylaid him for, what, like a week whenever you were out? Yeah, a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> It was not good. Bedlam week. Th- Thanksgiving week. Yeah, it was Bedlam week. Oh, and Josh, that's a terrible week to be yeah. sick. And, and Josh, and then where you're worried, it's like, oh my gosh, is it COVID? And you're like, no, 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 I am sick, dude. It's not COVID. I'm sick. I had it, I think, like two weeks before you, so it may be my fault that he got it. It may be. Um, but I'm not here to point fingers. His brother was sick, too, so I blame Joey. But, I mean, it's just... And some people don't have that sympathy whenever you're like, well, it's not COVID. It's like, oh, well, you're fine. No, no, it's still flu waylaid us. I hope we're on the backside of it. But how is the how's the team handle it? How are they coming together? Um, they're looking good. You know, we're just kind of formulating lineups right now. The coaches, like we haven't really, you know, sat down and talked about it because things shake out all mm-hmm. the way through till the day before. And so we had some serious conversations finally this week about what we're looking at and and who looks like they're in there and who's kind of, you know, on the out, outside looking in and, and seeing what needs to happen. And so it's been really eye-opening, actually, because we do all coach our own events. I mm-hmm. see things. I'm always watching. But, like, I don't know every little detail of what happened on that event every single day. And so you're learning a lot more about kind of who's rising up and then, you know, who might not quite be where they need to be. Do you feel like, with gymnastics being a team sport, but such an individual sport too, in that whenever you have to go maybe to someone and say, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with this rotation, and you're not gonna be in in this event." For the most part, does that athlete know, or have you? Is it a shock to them where it's like, "I've been performing so well," or do they pretty much know most of the time, or is it a mixed bag? Uh, I think the first time out. It's usually kind of wow, I'm not in there, or right. wow, I am in there. Right. <laughs> oh no, I am in there. But um, I think that they just, you know, that first time, and then they kind of, they kind of see and and can add right. two and two, you know. But um, certainly in our sport, we have this weird thing called an exhibition. So the six people compete, and then one person can go, and it doesn't count to your score. And the reason we do that in our sport is because these athletes need practice competing. We also need to get people out there who might sub in um, if there's an illness or an injury or something like that, so in order to give those people practice. So that seventh spot, it's kind of like a freedom. You can compete freely because you know it's not going to count. Right. right? But – so someone can be great in the seventh spot, but you put them inside and maybe they get, you know, they get a little mm-hmm. tighter. Um, I always think, you know, we look around the gym and, and things look great. But when you so we call it saluting, you right, know, when right. you are going for real in front of an official, sometimes things change. That's the mental process, you know. So we definitely need to start doing that 
and, and Friday's our first moment to do it. Uh, what time are we getting underway Friday? Just six, six PM. o'clock. Yeah, and it's not at the LNC. It's over at the gymnastics yes, center. Yes, it is. And you kind of have to, you know, you kind of have to stand on the perimeter, but you do get up close and, right. and personal with what's going on. And you can park over at LNC and walk over. There's plenty of parking over there. I, <laughs> whenever we played Baylor in football, I had parked my car at the LNC and they dropped us off at the football stadium. So I went and walked and just, oh, sorry, I cut through your back, okay, because I had to go all the way. It was a little bit of a walk. But I, I guess I didn't realize you're going to have a neighbor that's going to be right on top of you over there. I know. I'm like, are we going to catch balls in, <laughs> I in, guess in it, the games? It, like, It never really registered until I made that walk and you're like, dang, man. Will my car be safe? Will No. <laughs> No, that's no. what I'm saying. Like, I'm not sure my car will be safe. But I don't know if anyone really understood that until literally home runs are going to be landing in your parking lot. I know. <laughs> Trust <laughs> me, I know. We're going to have to have a net or something. Oh, uh, that's that. awesome. But uh, so it's inside. I always say it wrong. What's v- the Veers? Veersen? Veersen? Sam Veersen. Sam Veersen. Thank you. All right, the Sam Veersen Gymnastics Complex, six o'clock on Friday night. Who are you? Uh, who are you most excited to maybe see compete? Is there someone that you're intrigued by that maybe has shown flashes, but also you need to see how they compete whenever people are watching and whenever they uh, get that opportunity to salute? Saluting? I mean, the stud is going to be Jordan Bowers. I mean, she's a freshman. She is looking phenomenal. Like this, this young lady's a 10 everywhere. Wow. So she's definitely someone people are going to be excited to see. Um, She's does dynamic gymnastics. She's got a great presence, and uh, she's she's special. So um, I have questions about coaching because Brent Venables is the new head football coach. I don't know if you've heard this or not. <laughs> and when you came to Oklahoma, you'd been a head coach before. You were at Iowa State for I was trying to get five seasons, oh one to six. Is that five? One, two, three, four, five. No, six seasons, excuse me, that you were at Iowa State before you came to OU. You've been here since 2006. As a first-time head coach, he's been an assistant for a while. You were an assistant for close to a decade before you became a head coach. What's, first, the biggest adjustment in going from being an assistant to being a head coach? You know, uh, gosh, I think it depends on kind of what your role was as an assistant coach. Okay. Because when I was an assistant coach, I was kind of – um, you were like the coach, weren't you? I was a, I was a little more of the disciplinarian oh, than, wow. than the head coach was. In, so in, you were the bad in, cop. But I wasn't bad. <laughs> I wasn't bad. They loved me. <clears throat> but I but I will say, like, there, it really depends. But I think he is in a totally different situation than I was. I had only been an assistant eight years. I had only seen and worked with one head coach. Oh, wow. Um, so he has so much – I mean, for 24 years or 25 years that he's been an assistant coach or longer, I, I could be wrong about that. He's had all this time to think about, I would do it this way. I would do it that way. Or, oh, I like the way he's doing that. Um, I, I just think he's going to have a plethora of information at his fingertips. He knows probably exactly how he wants to do it. Gotcha. And, and and what will get him where he wants to go. I did not know that. <laughs> My first year as a head coach was a complete – Disaster! Did I ever tell you? No. Our, our first meet. Who I'll you, never who were you forget competing against? You're not BYU. Just just mano y mano at at BYU. Okay. And I remember I wore a green jacket. Now why would I do that? <laughs> a green jacket, the color of money, I guess. I don't know. But I remember after the meet, and this is no joke. I threw away my jacket in the locker room. BYU still has it. 
But I'm just saying it was a debacle. We weren't prepared. You know, there were you I know, you make so many mistakes, right. I think, as a first time head coach, especially if you don't have as much experience. I learned so much. That moment actually kind of kick started um, you know, where we are now, really. Oh, that's awesome. It was a it was a hard learning experience. I thought we were ready. I thought we were awesome. We right. went out there and I was like, What is happening? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, these things happen, man. It's funny that you say that because just and, and obviously a much lower scale, but the first time I did a weekend radio show, I was twenty two. I was doing a Saturday show. And uh, Don King was a PD, and we called the Saturday Morning Sports Spectacular. Very catchy, right? And I go in there, and I've got this page of notes, and I'm like, I'm going to do this, this, and this. And I got through my page of notes, and I looked up at the clock, and it had been three minutes. And I was like, <laughs> I got an hour left to fill. I don't know what's going to happen here. I got here. this. I got, I got this. this. You're good. I'm like, we're going to take a little bit of an early break here. And then you <laughs> – but you you never – when you're you, – you sit there, and I'm not saying you were like this, but in general, you're like – I want to be the leader. I want to be the boss. And sometimes when you get to be the boss, it takes you a second to kind of adjust to I that. I totally agree with that. You know, you th- like like I said, you th- you think you know how you want to do things, but actually doing them is is a little bit different. And that was a real eye-opening experience for me and I'm sure it is for most people when they become a head coach or in charge. I got to get you that. Mentioned. I got to get that green jacket. Yeah, good luck. Really? <laughs> I'm going to go I'm going to go see. Listen, let's go back to Hold on. I, I had you cuz I couldn't remember what year you had started at Iowa State. I need to go back to 2001, which That's to me right. is like last year. It's like hey, last That's year. That's right. Uh we'll see if it's we can find it. It's only 20 years. That's I'm 20 sure. years ago, right? Uh and then I uh, just finally I brought this up yesterday and I mean, it might be a sore spot because I know you've had to transition, but director of ops is such a key job, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's something that I think we don't get as fans. Director of ops, nutrition, uh, strength and conditioning. You know, we're like, well, head coach and assistant coach. They got to, but coach, those are really core pieces of any coaching staff, and can be especially for a first time coach, the most important hires you make. Yeah, I mean. The reason is because I want to focus on coaching. You know, I, I don't want to worry about um, all the th- – and the things are so important, where you stay, how you how you travel, um, how you fuel your team when right. you're on the road. Those things are very important decisions, so you need someone who's really on board with your philosophies and everything, but you also want to be able to let them do it, you know, right. and uh, not micromanage that position because you need someone – who's completely on board with with what you do but I just want to focus on coaching that's that's why I'm here to make these student athletes better in 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 every other way you know so yeah it's hugely important and they always they have time to really be creative with their Mm -hmm. thoughts and and kind of what the team does in recruiting um all sorts of things you know the activities you do when you bring recruits on campus you know Jackie Livingston has helped us too like with some of her um, the things that they do for softball when they're bringing people on campus, right. like really unique things, crazy things that you would never think of. <laughs> and and it is, it it's really shows how the team is bonded together and how they're a community, um, you know, the activities that you you do with those recruits. So, and, and it can, you know, it can change the their deal. whole perception, right? It can right? seal the deal. Absolutely. All right. Brent Venables, rings, rings. Calls KJ Kindler said, "Give me what's one piece of coaching advice as a first-time coach you would definitely pass along to him? Don't wear a green jacket. De- definitely, <laughs> definitely not. Um, you and know, as you said, he's he's been with you know 
some studs, yeah. right? He's the Dabo and, yeah. and Coach Stoops and Bill Snyder. Sometimes I think I tried to do too much. Um, and you just mentioned director of ops, but sometimes I think I was always trying to do too much. And I, and one thing I even still now try to do is I pick the one thing that day that I really need to get done. Like this is really important. Like this radio interview. This matters. And, uh, yes, exactly. Um, but this matters. If I, if I get this done, we're moving in the right direction. We're moving forward. Um, whatever that might be, if it's a connection with a player, if it's, um, getting it, you know, some sort of a plan done or, or meeting with my coaches and getting everyone on the same page, whatever I think that day is the one thing I need to get done. I mean, if I accomplish that, I feel good. I feel like we're moving forward. So sometimes as a head coach, I was dabbling in too many things and had my brain in too many places Uh, that's great advice you know what else is great advice enjoy your friday night by hanging out with the ou women's gymnastics team yeah six o'clock over the sam veers in complex uh it's going to be a fun time you're going to get a chance to lay eyes on these student athletes for the first time in a competitive situation and you make it fun too don't you yeah we totally do you'll get to meet them and learn where they're from and um, and, and get close and, and personal with them. We're also doing autographs at the end, I oh, believe. Cool. And um, I think there's pizza for the first X amount of fans. Get too. out there. Marketing will have to yeah, tweet hey, that out. Chris, uh, <laughs> Fournier, let's go. Let's get the pizza out there, all right? Thank you so much, KJ. Yeah. We always enjoy our Tuesdays with you. All right. Now I know the now I know the, not, the phone's been blowing up the nonstop work starts now. Okay, quick break. When we come back, I've got all kinds of stuff from the Lincoln – or <laughs> I've said that five times – the Brent Venables Press Conference and uh, more on the coach coaching staff and what it might look like next. Did you see I made us some fresh coffee this morning, Josh Elmer? Oh, you know I did. Of all the sponsorships that we don't have yet that we need, Brian, Casey, I got an idea. We need a coffee sponsorship in here. Yes, Nobody consumes more coffee per hour per segment. Than the Plank Show with Josh Helmer. No question about it. So I, I, can I point something out? Just This is a real quick aside. And thank you to KJ Kindler. I don't know. I, those segments are awesome. And I'm grateful for them. We get KJ f- usually from what, about November to March? Yeah. Right on Tuesdays until her season wraps up. But I always feel like I, I learn a lot. I think she's incredibly open with us, and listen, she's she's great, and I love that whole staff too. I wish I could be there on Friday night, but you know, duty calls. I'm trying. Listen to this too. I'm trying to get off. I'm working on Saturday night. I'm I'm thinking about going to the Washington State Championship game against Beggs. I think you need to, but I'm working. I've got a job that I got to take care of. Okay, I'll start emailing now to see if I can get out of work. All I want is some acknowledgement from anyone with the Washington Warriors football team that I am now their biggest fan. And since I've jumped on board, since my kids have gone to school there. It's coincided directly with victory. Back-to-back state championship finals. Finals, okay? We're about ready to add another year to that sign when you enter Washington that says state champs. I think the, the only year up there right now is 98. About to add 2021. Bring it on, Beggs. Bring it on, Rod Thompson's alma mater. So what's Pooh our, Williamson's alma mater. What's our breakdown here, Washington and Beggs? I will have to get to it later in the week. I don't want to be sharing any secrets. <laughs> that's that's yeah. Well, well done. Um, I and I completely forgot what I was going to get into there. But no, I I'm pumped. I'm pumped about uh, high school football. Oh, here's what I wanted to get into. So on the OU coaching side of things, 
there are two dudes that I absolutely adored that are moving on to other jobs, right? In Jamar Kane and Brian Odom. And I just and, – and you know what? Roy Manning. I, there, I said I loved Roy Manning, and you did too. You got all hyped with his Speed D videos. They were great, and he was great. But they all got caught in a tough situation. And I'm grateful for what well, two, two of the three did during the time whenever they were recruiting and still selling people on the greatness of Oklahoma, knowing, knowing that it was unlikely that they were going to end up here in Norman. Right? Hopeful, but unlikely. But yet, it, I'm almost, and I say this, I was just getting ready to retreat, uh, retweet what Gay put last night. It's just, I mean, I've, I slipped and said Lincoln, I think, when we came back on the show yesterday, right? I think whenever we came back, I think I said, um, we'll have more from the Lincoln-Riley press conference. Bro, you would have thought I cussed on the air. <laughs> we received several messages as well. Right. I mean, you would have thought that I dropped a bomb. No! Oh, don't talk about Tebow like that. Oh, I'm like, I think he's finding out exactly what's in store out there. I've watched the uncomfortable video today. It's very uncomfortable. I've I've watched as well, and I will not watch a second I can't, time. I cannot watch it a second time. Perry, I walked in, and the first person I saw was Perry Spencer, uh, one of our, our sales guru, and he's like, did you see it? I'm like, yeah, he's like, I can't stop watching. I'm like, I can't watch it anymore. But my point is, yeah, okay, so I slipped yesterday. I'm sorry. But these assistants were were stuck in a horrible position, a horrible spot. And Jamar Kane had never met Brent Venables before, right? He's been a West Coast guy. You know, everyone just thinks all these coaches know each other. And I don't know if there was any assurances that he was going to be on this staff or not. So when he goes to USC, I don't think, yeah, bleep that guy. I think I really enjoy that guy when he was here. And he really seemed to love Oklahoma. And when he, I'll never forget, he was on Coach's Corner with us last year when Bob Stoops came in to substitute. Remember, I think the, the Sooner defensive staff got hit by COVID pretty hard, right? And uh, Bob Stoops stepped in. And had the whistle, and it was great. It was awesome. I loved it. And I remember Jamar Kane came on Coach's Corner with us, and he said, dude, I'm like starstruck. It's like there's a legend out there that I'm working with. He's like, I want to go ask for his autograph. I mean, it was just – it was so pure. And he did a really good job in bringing in a couple of what appears to be rock star athletes. Now, they didn't step on the field much in NRK and Clayton Smith, and we'll see if they kind of fit that same mold – physically that Brent Venables is looking for but I just these guys just can't sit around not knowing what their futures are so stop the hate be be whatever however you want to be towards Lincoln that's fine I understand we don't need to be making up rumors and that goes for Roy Manning too who a horrible situation who made a mistake I think but was caught up in the upheaval, yep. right, of Riley bolting for USC, not knowing if you're going to have a job at Oklahoma. All of a sudden, you're taking the job at USC and you're recruiting for two schools at once. It was a mistake, but it's time for everybody to move on. Yeah. It is what it is. And listen, 
Are there certain aspects that I don't think anyone will will recover from anytime quick? Certainly. Certainly there is. And I understand that. But in the same vein, if you can when this team gets on the field, and we don't know what this team is going to look like, right? We have no idea. I was on a, a radio show in Florida this morning on my way in, and the uh, the <laughs> the host asked me. He goes, "Man, I just this these Sooner fans—they're so fired up right now, and they're so excited. I mean, I just I watch the guys in the portal, and I see the five stars leaving, and I just—I mean." I don't understand how anyone isn't freaking out right now. How is everyone so happy? And my response was, oh, they're freaking out. Don't worry. But here's what I say to that is even with every coach that leaves and goes to USC, even with every recruit that decides that he's not going to come here, there is now a guy whom we have a faith and belief in that you know is going to go out and recruit with the best of them and build a physical football team. So to me – that calms a lot of those concerns. So for the Jamar Canes and the the Brian Odoms of the world and the Roy Mannings and the Dennis Simmons, who am I leaving out, and the Alex Grinches of the world, I'm not hating on them. They're pretty much stuck in a tough spot. If Brent Venables, well, knowing that Brent Venables was going to be a top candidate and that Alex Grinch probably wasn't getting an opportunity, go West, go. I mean, it – you think Brent Venables was going to keep Alex Grinch around? No. BV's coached linebackers his whole career. I don't know if Coach Brent is going to continue to coach linebackers or if he's truly going to be in that CEO-type role. I don't. I know he said he doesn't plan. He's going to hire a defensive coordinator. But as as Teddy talked about, he still may call the plays for a year or two until his defensive coordinator, he's comfortable with him calling and seeing things like he sees them. Maybe. I, I don't know. But the hate towards the assistants, man, I just – I don't get it. I think they were all awesome when they were here, e- even even Roy. And I know he's catching a lot of strays today, but they made the best of a of a situation that no one would want to be in professionally. And are they going to make a lot of money? Sure. But it's also very much <laughs> scaled back a bit because you are moving families. None of these guys are single that are making this this trek. All these guys have families, and, and I, well, I think actually Coach Manning might be single. But uh, Coach Odom has a wife and kiddos. You know, Jamar Cain has a family. You know, there's just – it's not cheap. And they're having to uproot their family. It's a life of coaches. But I just – I wanted to say that here real quick. And I'm sure that there's some people that are like, oh, how dare you. Well, let's just – let's focus on what is right now. And what is right now – is a laundry list of to-dos, I think, that Brent Venables has in front of him that, by God, he was ready to hit the ground running at – what time did we finally wrap up the press conference yesterday? One thirty. Did Steely even have to do a show yesterday? They they did okay. basically one hour. Okay. Yeah, I, I – You're I, welcome. I think the press conference got done about 12.50-ish. Oh, okay, okay. I'm sorry. Um, everything was a blur yesterday. I'm not even kidding, dude. I even texted you at what time? Like finally seven o'clock last night, and was like, "Dude, I'm sorry. I know things got away from us yesterday." Which it was good. We, we were, dude. We were good. I, I will say this though: there was a part of me that Toby and I have this plan laid out. It's like, oh no, no, no. We'll just do two separate events, and we'll just go. And it's like, well, we need to give a set time. I'm like, oh, I don't know. If we can give a set time on anything. And so then the opening of the celebration was 
back timed a little bit, and then you know the actual start of the presser was about. 20 minutes later than it was expected. So thanks to everyone for hanging in there with us yesterday. I think that it was well worth it. All right, let's roll through. Right, welcome back to the Firehouse Subs Top 5 Stories of the Day. And welcome to those of you who have found us. We are The Ref. He is Josh Helmer. My name is Chris Plank. Our show is live every day from 9 to noon. We appreciate you. Our emphasis is Sooner football, but obviously we touch on everything Oklahoma-related and sports-related. Shout-out to my man John LeMasters up in Tulsa who found us. Love you, John. We're going to be in Tulsa on Friday at Air Comfort Solutions and apparently going to have some pretty cool giveaways surrounding that as well. Speaking of really cool giveaways, when we come back, let's start getting into the laundry list of to-dos for Brent Venables. But let's also, Josh Helmer... Let's tell you about a sweet giveaway on the show tomorrow. It's huge. It's one of the coolest giveaways we've had. I'll tell you about it next. I heard you on back in All right, so it is a celebration of the new head football coach that continues in Brent Venables. Now Coach V's out on the road recruiting like crazy. Tonight also is a celebration of Bob Stoops. I talked to Bill Snyder yesterday. I, I saw that. How was uh, Coach Snyder? It was great. He had a bunch of... Uh, Nice things to say about Brent Venables I saw in one of the statements he put out. Did you see, though, there was there was an old story um, about when Brent was at Kansas State when he first started that <laughs> I guess he went to get a drink of water or something where he had left the facility and <laughs> – Bill Snyder told him, "If you ever leave this facility again, I'm going to fire you." Oh, really? I got to, I got to have Robbie send it to That's me. That's amazing. Uh, anyway, so yeah, it's. <laughs> Did you ask Coach Snyder if uh, Brent was? I mean, we we had heard oh, yeah. way back when it, he was a pretty serious candidate there, and I, you know, we didn't get into too much on Kansas State. Um, and, and you know, to be honest with you, I I I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but. I sensed a lot of pride, but also a lot of, hey, you know, I he's he's been gone for a minute, so I'm gonna let him enjoy this. You don't you don't need to be too caught up in how. Oh gosh, you are a lifesaver. I was I was about ready to tee you up on something. I forgot my coffee in Josh's studio when we were gossiping during the break. Sorry about that, but I I'll play a couple of clips from it later in the show. I will because. I'll be curious to get your perspective on it, Josh, because it seemed as if, hey, man, I'm I'm proud of Brent and happy for him, but the whole, hey, you know, did you see head coaching ability in him and blah blah blah, and I don't, I don't know, I don't get the sense that maybe from that perspective, you know, it's going back almost 25 years whenever he was at Kansas. Well, he State. probably wasn't ready to be yeah. a head coach when he was at and, and nothing Kansas bad. State. Right. What did uh, Coach Venables tell the story about Bill Snyder? like, why are you going to go to Oklahoma? You can be the defensive coordinator here. And and he was like, Bob Stoops, man, I believe in Bob Stoops. So I thought that was pretty cool yesterday. But, okay, so I think we all agree. Business, point of business number one, numero uno, securing Caleb Williams, right? Do we all kind of agree on that front that the ability – to keep Caleb Williams around. And Coach V talked about it yesterday, just keeping everyone intact on the roster, right? He goes, the first recruiting job you do is see your own roster. So to me, I think if you're just looking at that depth chart, that's information point number one, right? 
I would actually have an information point above that. Oh, but go it ahead. ties directly in with that. You got to get your offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. right? Finalize that, and then once that is finalized, you you can make your full sales pitch to and put on the full court press to convince Caleb Williams, hey, this is the place for you. You're the starting quarterback here. For the foreseeable future, this program has won Heisman trophies in recent memory. Look at all the different quarterbacks over the past couple of decades that have been recognized as the best quarterback in college football, best player in college football. So that's kind of how I would look at the checklist. And not that you can't address the Caleb Williams situation while you're addressing objective A. You can. Agree. Agree. But in everything, you know, maybe we'll see if if Josh McQuistion can come back on with us tomorrow or Thursday. But in everything that we've seen from BV, you know, point point of emphasis number one for him is building that staff and then getting on the road to, you know, bring that next level of recruit to Oklahoma. But I get the sense that he's going to be rebuilding his an entire defensive staff all his own. I mean, just reading the tea leaves, Josh, which is wild to think about, it seems as if a majority of the offensive staff that was left behind is staying and all the defensive staff is gone. I think if you, without seeing anything but the official reports and announcements that we've seen, okay, we know Jamar Cain's going. We know Roy Manning. We know Roy Manning is going. Alex Grinch, Dennis Simmons. That's what we know. We're pretty sure Brian Odom's going too, right? Nothing official, though. We feel very confident. I I think the whole defensive staff is getting retooled here, and I think you can read the tea leaves of which commits have decided to stay on board and which commits have decommitted. You look at Kobe McKenzie, the linebacker, decommits, flips to Texas. Gabriel Brownlow-Dindy flips commits to Texas A&M last night. I mean, I think that tells you that Calvin Thibodeau not not sticking around. Uh, Derek you're, Moore, and you're reading into that. Yeah. I think you're right. But in that, there's still a lot of talent on that offensive side of the football staff-wise, man. Uh, I think Joe John's underappreciated. I think DeMarco Murray's a stud. I think Kale Gundy's great. Bill Beanbow is the best at what he does. And did I mention Kel Gundy? I mean, it seems as if, you know, if this is set up where you've got your guy in Jeff Levy, Josh, it seems as if the offensive staff is going to have an all-too-familiar feel to it, and I don't have a problem with that at all. And BV is going to be able to go out and – I'm sorry, I know what BV stands for. Uh, but Coach V is going to be able to go out and bring in his, his own staff defensively to run what he wants. I think that's awesome. And I think it's worth mentioning and saying there's, of course, panic. You, you, you sure. see Derek Moore decommit. I'm just talking defensively. Obviously, it's larger than that. But Derek Moore, Kobe McKenzie, your top-rated recruit, Gabriel Brownlow-Dindy, who you thought was going to be a NFL star sure. of the future on this defensive and line still might for be. Oklahoma. And, you know, probably maybe there's a chance he's that at Texas A&M. It's a five-star recruit. I get that. There's some panic with that. Oklahoma's probably, you know, there there was always going to be some friendly fire here 
with the staffing changes that were inherent in a coaching change, right? Guys were going to decommit. There's probably going to be a late surprise or two as well sure. in the positive category for Oklahoma before this is all said and done. If, if you thought, quick reminder, if you thought that everyone was just going to stay committed and not go anywhere whenever changes happen, then you haven't been paying attention much. We haven't gone through this. We haven't experienced this, man. And this is what normally happens when you have a coaching change. But I am of the firm belief that Brent Venables is going to bring in some dudes. Someone mentioned it on Twitter, where you can hit us up. Best way to stay in touch with the show at Plank Show at Josh on Ref. Dustin writes, have you seen where a few 2022 Clemson football defensive players have decommitted? They're all four-star guys. Could they, be, could they be OU bound? Maybe so. Maybe so. I don't know. The highly touted kid from Hayes. Hayes, there was Kansas. Crystal ball projection. Him to Oklahoma now. So just give this thing time. Be patient. All right, so I mentioned, I mentioned Josh Helmer about the excitement about a huge giveaway we have tomorrow. We are going tomorrow to Sooner Bowl, right? Mandy Hawes, the owner of Sooner Bowl, has put together a fantastic giveaway. She is giving you a holiday party. Four lanes, pizza and pop. That's up to 24 bowlers for you, your your office, your family, whatever. And we're going to give you a chance to win that throughout the week. There's no no purchase necessary. There's no hitches. 24 people. A four-lane party. Pizza and pop. The only, only request that we have is that you schedule it during the day. Maybe it's like a lunchtime getaway, an afternoon getaway. That's it. So we'll be telling you ways you can win that starting tomorrow right here on The Plank Show. Pretty cool, right? I love that. That's awesome. You get your own party. If you have no friends, you can maybe get some by winning this, right? Let's talk about it next on The Plank Show. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. Want to brag on our business of the day. And our man, you hear Steelman talk about him all the time. Ricky Stapleton is in the house. Ricky, what's going on, man? How you doing? Uh, we're doing great today, Chris. How are you? Well, I'm cold good. outside. It is. It's a little bit cold out there, but I know you're battling through it. Hey, uh, just take me through what Ricky Stapleton Auto is all about. I mean, again, we were blessed to uh, talk to you a couple we- uh, months ago and did a remote out there, but lightly used vehicles, and I know that's a very, very hot market right now, isn't it? Yeah, it is, and you know, we we have uh, a, a really good customer base here, um, and local people looking for cars to purchase for their family. And what we found is is that uh, we're also looking for um, uh, cars to purchase from uh, from uh, uh, local people here in town that uh, have a car that's you know sitting in their their garage or driveway that nobody's been driving for a while. And we um, we like to say we'll find a good home for your lightly used car. So, Ricky, with that in mind, uh, as what has this maybe me being uh, just information driven? What has led to that to where we've seen such a thirst for the, the the used car industry and and needing as many cars as we do? Well, I think the, the need is obviously driven by you know we got more people driving. Of course, we've had those two recent hailstorms that have devastated Norm, the Norman uh, area yeah. for sure. Um, and, but nationwide, um, you know, the, the new car manufacturers have have uh, uh, limited their production gotcha. and you that's why you see less cars on the new car lots and 
you know, when the you, it's a supply and demand issue really is what it boils down to. So the new cars are not trickling down into the market. And we really seek, um, you know, the, the, the one, two owner cars, um, stuff that's you know not been smoked in and things that we can, you know, we can, we can fix minor things as far as mechanics are concerned and clean them up. And, um, but the, the best car that we find is a car that, you know, that somebody has sitting in their garage or their driveway that they haven't driven and maybe they're just paying insurance premiums on. Um, that's what we like to have. And people can get in touch with you by calling 405-615-2777, or where can they come see you in Norman, Ricky? Uh, we are at 330 24th Avenue. We have, uh, we're signed up with uh, Extreme Auto Options. On uh, we're, we're just north of Main Street on 24th Avenue, about a half mile off I-35. Real Rick, easy to find. Real easy to find. Great selection of cars, and Ricky is always there to help you, 405-615-2777. Ricky, man, pumped to be promoting your business today. Thanks for your time, as always, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Chris. I love that, dude. Ricky Stapleton. Rick, now, I don't, I'm don't. i not as tight with him as the Steel Man is, but we had a good time whenever he came in studio. I like Ricky a lot. Okay, um, are we all caught up now? We're caught up. Okay, I'm, I'm calling an audible on the show. We're going to do the Firehouse Subs Top 5 Stories of the Day at 10.30 today. Now, for those of you new to the show, we usually do it at 10. But I feel like we're a little backlogged after a very busy guest first hour of the show. So let's share a little audio, share a few thoughts on what we learned yesterday, and we'll do it next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. The Ref, you can hit us up on Twitter at Josh on Ref. I'm at Plank Show or the Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439.